God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can come around you, your spirit, your presence. We thank you, God, that every word that we share from your word has life. We thank you that it has creative power in our lives. Your word spoke this world into being and we get the opportunity to release your word, God. You gave us the ability to release your word in and through our lives, God. And we, we understand it never, ever, ever returns void. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. Why don't we give the Lord a hand? And you may be seated. So, so good to have you here with us today. Who's excited to be here? Oh, that's, that was good. Vision Sunday for us is not necessarily about coming up with a, a new vision because we've got a vision for our church. For me, it's about putting some focus on what we want to see happen this year and, and what we believe God's theme is for this year. Amen? Who believes that God has a purpose for this year? Amen? I believe he's, he, he understands what he's doing. And for me as a pastor, it's been quite amazing over the years to really feel something stirred in the Holy Spirit, a message or something for the year. And then to go out and connect with other pastors and find that that's actually the same theme, maybe interpreted slightly differently, but it's right across the earth. And you go somewhere and you think, you know, this is what God's been saying. They go, oh, well, this is what God's been saying to us as well. Figure that, eh? The Holy Spirit. He's working in and through His church. Amen? So it's a combination today of just hearing about the theme, but also hearing from some of our department heads and just hearing their heart of anything and uh, what they've got in store. So we're going to get into that. But first, let me just uh, talk about the theme that I think for this year that's on my heart. And I've been thinking about this uh, I, well and truly coming into this year. And I believe that what's on my heart is, is the theme is faith community. Everyone say faith and everyone say community. I think it's knowing the power in a faith community. Understanding that, as we just sang, we're not s slaves to fear, but we're a child of God. The only reason that makes you not a slave to fear is the fact that you are a child of God. Amen? And I think for us to understand that word community, let me just give you the definition from the dictionary on the word community. It says the people living in one particular era, area, sorry, or people who are considered as a unit because of their common interests slash beliefs, social groups, or nationality. That's the definition of the word community. And I believe in this day and age, that word community has been redefined. Um, I have a pet hate of social media and, 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 and cyber community because I actually think it undermines the real intent behind community. Amen? 
I believe it's a counterfeit. I, I believe it's useful and it's able to be used and we use it. I use it um, sparingly. I use it re reluctantly quite often. Um, but the reality is, uh, you know, there are cyber Facebook communities, but the rea I wouldn't use that word Facebook and community or, or whatever social media platform you're talking about. I wouldn't use the two together. I would just, they're not what God intended, amen? They're not the same thing. Even though they're becoming more prevalent and becoming greater and bigger, and I'm not attacking Facebook, I have it. I have a mild attachment, a very, very mild attachment to Twitter, probably less to anything else. And, uh, yeah, I use Facebook to, to get out a Christmas message or something else or, you know, shout out something. But I don't sit there staring into it all day thinking that that's the community that I'm, I'm doing life with. Amen? Thank goodness. Because I don't know, I've got, I, I, don't, I haven't looked for followers, but I think I've got over maybe 1,500 or something a part of my community and uh, apparently, um, and I know very little about most of them. <laughs> Amen? So, I love this though. This is from a, a doctor, a professor in America. And, uh, and she wrote, as human beings, we need a sense of belonging. And that sense of belonging is what connects us to the many relationships we develop. Communities are also rich and resources. That is where their collective aspect comes into play. So even psychology out there understands and comes to the understanding that we need community. It's something that we are created for. And I believe that right across the world that our community of faith is probably needed more now than it ever has been. Amen? And I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to attack social media again, but I, I do think that in a lot of ways it's just trying to replicate or take over that area of community and, and try and deceive people into thinking that that is the community they have. And, uh, and we know, we know statistically right across and it's common now right across the earth that mental health is on the increase, not the decline. And a lot of people do know that uh, social media has actually got its own brand of issues that it brings into people's lives. A lot of anxiety and fear is being driven from um, online communities instead of doing the opposite. Amen? And that's not what God intended. So let's look at what God's intent for us, for community. Because I believe that our community has some very, very strong definitions in the Word of God. And if you look at the Word of God, you realize that community is something that God has built us to be surrounded by and in the center of. So the first thing I'm going to look at is our commandment as a faith community. Let's go to John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. If you've got your Bible, we've got it up behind there, and let's read it. As uh, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Isn't it interesting that how God defines the borders of us as believers and our faith community, 
he defines it by the way that we love each other. I want to talk into what our community is about. This faith community, and I think when you, you start to hear from the Word of God what He intended for community, then you'll start to realize what isn't community, what a faith community isn't. It is interesting to, to note that we as a church or a, a faith community aren't defined by the, the messages that we preach or the songs that we sing. Jesus didn't say, the world will know that you are my disciples if you podcast your sermons and your songs are sung by the majority of the Christians. He didn't say that, did he? Or he didn't even say, by the largeness of your large buildings and the tallness of your steeples or the expanses of your large structures, the world will know that you are my disciples. Did he say that? Isn't it interesting to think that God actually defines faith community by the love that we have for each other? Come on. Isn't that awesome? Awesome? Awesome, but challenging. And just a side note on social media, since I'm just kicking, kicking it around today, that's why you'll never see me attack another Christian on social media. Because the only person I think that gets hurt when you do that is Jesus. <laughs> True? Not the other Christian. They cope. The church just gets belittled. People just go, look at these Christians having a go at each other, airing our doctrinal differences or whatever on social media, out there in the public, you won't. You scroll through, scroll through all my Facebook posts and I haven't even created an alias post to say what I really think. <laughs> I was talking to a pastor and they said, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't post what I really think on my own. I, I've created an alias. And I'm like, <laughs> I haven't even done that. Why? Because in the end, I think it's Christ that gets represented badly. Amen? You think of that. That's the intent. That's how Jesus defines the borders of our, our community. He said, the world will know that you are my disciples by the way you treat each other. Wow. There it is. I think it's one of the greatest challenges to the church is how we treat each other. True? In my 20-something years, 26 years, by the way, this week, being married to this amazing woman. And she's being married to this amazing guy. Feel free to, to reciprocate. Um, sorry, I got completely distracted by her beauty. Sidetracked, still sidetracked. It was many years ago as well. But I, I just believe that how we treat each other, for me as a pastor, the many, many years that I've been pastoring, leading a church or being a pastor, for years at Hillsong and then with, with Inspire with John McMartin, the greatest challenge to the church is how people treated each other inside the church. It was never from the outside. It was never even media. 
Chris used to make the church on the inside lock horns and join together and, you know, when there was a bad, even when I was at Hillsong Days and there was a media attack in the church, we just got all fired up. We all came together and we were all happy. But it was the attacking of each other inside the church was always the challenge. Amen? So I believe the greatest... I believe the greatest display of beauty I've seen in the 20-odd years that I've been in church is seeing how the church treats each other. The greatest display for me of beauty in the church is when a community comes together, a community of faith, and supports each other and does things for each other and loves and that words of encouragement when you just see them going out of their way and, and doing incredible things. And just for a moment, when we pause and we think about this year, and we think about the bushfires, and we think about all the hardship and all the, all the, the horribleness, I tell you the beauty that you keep hearing come out of it is when communities came together to help each other. Amen? Story after story of a mate fighting for his friend's home or, or someone opening their house because some some visitor to that area is trapped and making meals for a whole family that they wouldn't normally do and, and people generously going into, like I witnessed someone walk into a cafe, give the cafe owner $1,000 because they knew that they were challenged in this bushfire and they walked out again. You see beauty in community. I've seen incredible things. Even this brag on Jerry and Ann and co moving someone's house yesterday in very large heat. I think my wife was involved as well. Where's Jerry? Probably lost about four kilos. Just That's church community. It's no big deal. It's church community. Helping people. Amen? There's the beauty of it. So I believe it's something that our challenge, I tell you, the challenge out of that first passage there is, are you a part of the community? There is no room when Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this we'll know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Well, you can, the only way you can have love for one another is if you're actually in a community who knows you and then you can love them and they can love you and there's relationship and there's commitment because love in the Word of God is not a, just a feeling, it's a commitment. Amen? So if you're not part of that, if you can't say that, if you can't, then, then friend, you're not part of a faith community. You might be part of an online faith community. We won't kick it that anymore, but the reality is to be a part of a community, people are going to know you. Ephesians 4 goes a lot further. It says knitted and fitted. Amen? It talks about how we as a community are knitted and fitted together. The second area that defines this word community from the Word of God this phrase, community, and how we know we're a part of it is from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 25. I love this passage. It's brilliant. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holy, holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near 
with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Verse 24, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I believe a faith community is first of all defined by the fact that you know that Jesus is the reason for our community. Nothing else. It's not about just being blessed. It's not about just having um, a, an alternative place to go to. This verse 19 all the way to down to 23 talks about a relationship. Therefore, brother, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, the only reason you could get from the Old Testament into the, into the holiest holies is if you were purified. And the only way to do that as a new covenant believer is to accept what Christ and Christ, there was a veil between the holiest. And now Jesus says by his blood, he is the flesh. He is that veil and we can only walk through into our eternity and enter this faith community through Jesus Christ. No other alternative. So we've actually got to be quite strong on that. Amen? You're not really a part of Christ's faith community until you've entered through that veil. It's all there. And it goes on and on, and it talks about how we've been sprinkled and we've been washed, which means our consciences uh, from the past hurts. We're, we're a new creation, it says. We're new. We've got a hope, a new and living hope. Our bodies washed with pure water. All of that is about the gospel message. That is our, the uniqueness of this community. And there's always got to be a doorway to this community. And the doorway has to be the gospel. And people have to understand that the doorway is coming into a relationship through Christ. That's the only way. The church can't be so blurred so that it doesn't happen. Amen? We've got to let people know because this faith community is, the only thing that empowers it is this relationship with Christ that we have. And we do life together. Amen? Who agrees with me in this place? And I love that first part, the last part, verse 24. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. Do you know what? I, I honestly do believe that our faith community is going to be a challenge and it's becoming a challenge in the future. Do you agree? This world is trying to attack what we call, they want to blur what a faith community is. They want us to actually not accept everything Christ says and everything he says and all that he says salvation is. It's like, oh, really? He doesn't have to be the way. He can just be one way. Can't you just be a church that accepts always? I actually believe, I, I believe that community of gathering together is the ideology of that is being attacked, simply. And we need to stand in it and understand what it is, amen? And there is going to come a time where you're going to have to lock arms. It says it here. It says, and exhorting one another so much more as the day approaching. And who thinks the day may be approaching? I don't have any prophecies, so don't get worried. 
the end of the times is not coming yet. But the reality is there's going to be an attack on that community. So what can we do to help? And I love this last final greeting. It says here in John, the Apostle John, in 3 John chapter 1, verse 13 to 14, he says, a farewell greeting. He says, I have had many, I had many things to write, but I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly, and we shall speak face to face. You know what? The greatest thing you can do for this faith community to, to enter into this this year is actually have a desire for it. Come on. You have to have a desire for it above your busyness. And I'm talking about your kids. I'm talking about your youth, bringing them to community, your kids to community, yourself to community, committing yourself to the, to the parameters of how God designed it. And you need to have a desire for it. Open above your busyness. Come on. Over and above, maybe some of the other distractions, Netflix, I don't know what other things are out there, but realizing that it's important. This year, we're going to create more opportunities for community. You're going to hear in a couple of weeks' time about life groups from Ann and Jerry. You're going to hear our heart for them, but the leadership program is a faith community. I want to teach people. I want to pour into what people have poured into me. I want to pour into other people and see them grow and their personal, their personal leadership and their experience of the Holy Spirit. And so we're doing, going to do that, and we're going to obviously create a community as we do that. We're looking, uh, we're looking at this year at a volunteers retreat. Going away for a day or in a night or something like that to get together and just really allowing community and the presence of God to be there, and also helping to connect um, us through interests. Sometimes we just got to do some stuff together, and we can invite other people into our community. Who likes to play golf? Raise your hand. Two people, three people, four people, five people. Do I hear six? Six people. <laughs> Who likes to play tennis? Off the back of the Australian Open, everyone likes to play tennis. They don't. Who likes tennis? Who likes board games? Look at that. Why don't you get together and just hang out and talk? And there's so many guys. Who likes creative dance? Tony Traposky is going to be leading that on a Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night, creative dance plus choir. He's doing a lot this year. Um, songwriting. Amen. Plenty of initiatives. You know, I, my, my heart this year is what we've got is important. Your faith and the community that we've built around our faith in Christ is absolutely vital. Would you agree? And there is no, there, is, there are counterfeits out there, but there is nothing like getting around the Word of God. You can go somewhere, but if you're going somewhere that isn't sharing around the Word of God, it's going to be completely different. Amen. I'm going to jump up right now. I'm going to ask our first person to jump up on stage. And we're going to hear from some of our departments and their heart. And uh, so why don't we hear from the youth? Aaron and Maddie are going to come up right now and share their heart for the youth and what they've got going for this year. Good morning, church. How are we? 
We want to share a little bit on the vision for youth this morning. Um, and that's something that Aaron and I are going to be heading up together this year. Um, so we're both going to share. <laughs> Amen? So you want to start? Um, so the theme for this year, or not just this year, just kind of the vision moving forward. Um, I was having a chat with Pastor Andrew, um, and he mentioned something that just kind of grabbed my attention um, that I hope often happens with the church as Pastor Andrew shares. Um, but but um, he, he said, you know, Aaron, my heart is that the church would do what Jesus did. He came from heaven to earth. And I just, I don't think I went to sleep properly that night because I was just thinking about like what God wanted to do through Maddie and I at youth. Um, and, and when we just want to take that, want to take that and, and that's the theme, that's the vision, heaven then earth, heaven then earth. And it's, it, it's crazy because I think, um, I know in my life there's been times where I've, I've tried to reach out uh, to the people around me, but I, I, I'm not aware of, of, you know, my heavenly standing. Um, in um, John chapter 6, verses 38, talks about how Jesus says um, how he came down from heaven to do his Father's will. Um, Ephesians chapter um, 2, verses 6, talks about how we're seated in heavenly places because of what Jesus did. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 um, says to set your mind on things above. So as, as the youth pastors, we want to um, disciple a generation of young people who have their minds on the things above, who know their heavenly standing. There were three things um, we're thinking about. Um, we want to disciple a generation of young people who know who they are, who know whose they are, and who know what they've been called to do. And that's point people to Jesus. So, um, yeah. Um, amen, right? One of the, the biggest things that we wanted to, to mandate over our young people, over you know, our leaders, ourselves, and what we're doing is this, this phrase, when you're on fire for Jesus, the whole world will stop to watch you burn. I'll say that again. When you're on fire for Jesus, the whole world will stop to watch you burn. And what we mean by that is we ought to live our lives ourselves as the promotional marketing scheme pointing back to Jesus. Amen? And that's what we want to raise in our young people. That's what we want to raise in our leaders and, and exemplify as ourselves and as a church body. But particularly focusing on our young people, um, when we look at and we think about evangelism for our youth ministry, we want them to carry that. We want, because they're so on fire, because they are so on fire for Jesus and how they live their lives, that is what draws the people in their spheres in. That is what they take into their schools and into the areas that they're in. And because of who they are and how they live their lives, that's what draw people in. And not so much putting all of our focus on a program, you know, for people to come to us. But like we speak about so much as the church, getting out of the four walls and being the example in our schools. And so what that looks like as leaders is, you know, we're going to be doing school programs running in our local schools and we're building teams to do that. But a massive part of that is encouraging our young people to be that themselves, you know, to be so on fire that people would stop to watch them. Just something on fire, like everyone knows this, it, it, it draws you in, hey. You know, when you see something that's on fire, whether if it's, you know, just a fire pit or, you know, in a restaurant or, you know, in the bush, like it draws your attention to it. And I know sometimes there's been times where there's something that's on fire and I'm driving past and you just see all the cars slow down and some cars pull over and, and investigate what's going on. Some cars just kind of slow down and drive off. Um, but, and, and we know like with Jesus, 
he drew people in and some people came all the way in and some people kind of just slowed down but drove off. Um, and it's not up to us to, to make people believe, but it's up to us to try to point and reflect Christ um, and say again, like that's, that's, that's a hope. Um, we wanted to share as well that, um, that we're working through what Friday night looks like, um, but that's not going to be our focus. Um, and I know that we've had a few people come and say, hey, we're happy to help out on Friday night. Um, Maddie and I have been chatting. We're going, man, you know what? To be honest, Friday nights are not really our priority. Um, we want to build great individuals through discipleship, and, and that's doing life with people. Um, for Maddie and I, we know discipleship isn't just we meet once a fortnight and talk about Jesus and then we bounce. Bounce means like just go back to your own life. Like, um, we we want to actually do life with people. Do you know what I mean where where we know? Hey, you know, someone needs to move out of their house. Someone need someone's sick right now. You know, like man, you've 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 got something on this morning. I just want to pray for you. And and we're actually we're in each other's world. You know, again, that whole thing of Jesus came out of His world into ours, and and then brought people into His world and He got into theirs. I really believe that's discipleship. I really believe and and for parents out there, you're gonna have to play a massive part in this. Like you want your young person to be involved in their leader's life um, and, and, and investigate their leader. Do you mean really press their leader? Are they someone who, who, who points them to, to Jesus? Um, but I feel like you're going to be doing a lot of pickups and drop-offs and that kind of stuff. Um, and, and because that's community, hey, um, it, it, it it's requires sacrifice. Um, and we also believe that um, a great Friday service is going to be a product of great people who are hungry for Jesus. So, so if people are like, oh, what about the program? Um, if we just, if we sow into young people and they love Jesus, the program will be great. Um, and so what we'd love to do is um, if, if there's, um, actually, you know, yeah, we're going to ask all the leaders to stand, not yet. Um, but I want you to pray about this as well. I don't know if we're allowed to do this. Uh, I'm getting myself in trouble all the time. Um, if, you, if you're like, man, I want to be a part of that because I really believe um, every Christian is being called to lead others closer to Jesus. Jesus in the Great Commission says, go out and make disciples. That, that's not just to a certain group of individuals. That's anyone who would call themselves a child of God, anyone whose life is in the hands of God. And so if you're like, man, I want to disciple young people, um, there's going to be a screening process, obviously, but maybe pray about it and see if God's calling you to be part of, of what we're going to be doing at youth. But um, if you're a youth leader, can you just stand right now? And, um, and if you're around them, we're just going to lay hands on them. Um, so if you're around these young people, lay hands on them so you guys can stand as well. Get around them, lay hands on them. We're just going to pray for them. Um, yeah, get around them, get around them. Find a youth leader. Why don't we all stand? Stand and pray. Amen. Lord, I thank you for every young person in this room, Father. I thank you for the leaders that are represented here, the ones that might not be here. But Lord, I just pray and declare this mandate over them, Lord, that you would give them strength, you would give them wisdom, Father, to lead these young people, Lord, and, and, and to draw in more, Father, and, and to raise them up strong. And Lord, I just pray blessing, I pray protection, and I pray as a church we would stand together with this vision, Lord. We would support the young people, Father, in all the ways that we can, Lord. We would pray for them, Father. We would drive them where we need to, Lord. We would do practical, physical, all sorts of things, Father. And I just declare and, and pray this over them, Father. Blessing, strength, and wisdom over every single one of them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, give them a hand.
And you noticed, obviously, Aaron and Maddie are going to be oversighting our youth together. And I believe that's a, an amazing balance. Amen? Incredible couple. Fantastic. The next one is Dave. I think he's going to sing us a song. But Dave's going <laughs> to Dave's going to talk to us about creative. Let me just pause for a moment. Uh, I really enjoyed. Dave took up creative last year. And uh, the reality it was just to really put... Um, I believe a father's heart, a pastoral heart, and inject that into it. And uh, and I really got to commend him. I think he's done an incredible job. Our team has never been as good as it at the moment, and there's strength and power there. You've done a great job, Dave. So let's hear his heart. Thanks, Andrew. Um, so Jesus is our passion. His word is our pattern for life. Discipleship is our commission and social justice our responsibility. For those of you that don't know that, that is actually our church mission. That's, our, that's who we are. That's our calling. We're called um, to be passionate about Christ. We're called uh, to get into our word um, and to disciple. And um, I, I felt that our vision for our team needs to be around what our mission is for our church. Um, and so it's a bit of a mouthful, but I'm going to read it. But as I read it, just know that this is, for us, this is about our heart. Um, our vision is to build a unified team of mature and committed Christian worshippers that develop the spiritual and practical skills required to, dis to disciple others into worship by living a life committed to God's word in both knowledge and application, leading a prayerful life and walking in faith that builds our character as we worship the Lord in humanity, intimacy and passion, taking responsibility to always respect and uphold the position afforded to us in God's church, committing ourselves to improving our competence in our giftings in order that we bring our best to God. So... We are passionate about what we do. We're committed to God's word. Um, we disciple through worship. And we take um, the responsibility of that position um, in the context that we should. Um, our mission statement is simply um, to lead others into all-out uncompromised worship of Christ. Um, and I want to share this morning of our, um, our, a little bit about our heart and this team. Uh, it's, it's not about what we present in terms of music side of things each Sunday. You can take it with all the mistakes in the world and everything that we do and what we present, but at the end of the day, it's not about that. It's about our heart and how we connect to Christ and how you engage as a congregation in connecting to Christ through the worship that we collectively as a church bring each week. Worship isn't about what happens on Sunday on this stage either. It's about every day. It's about worshipping Christ every day. Um, and I really just, of that mission statement, I wanted to pick on one part of it and that was passion and to be passionate Christians. Um, and I like what Aaron just said about a fire. You know, 
A fire is quite attractive. People look, it draws people in. Passion is that. Um, I draw your attention to that wonderful looking person up there in the painting, which is me. Um, this was drawn by a guy called Les back in 2004. And Les would have been one of the most incredible um, musicians I think I've ever played with. He could play just about any instrument um, and was an amazing worship leader. But one of the things about Les was his passion. He was a passionate man for Christ and he taught me that that passion was infectious. And he said to me one day, he said, I'd like to paint how I see you worshipping before God. And he painted me in, with God holding me in his hand and the angels up there worshipping, the worshippers down here worshipping and the tongues of fire. And when, I, when he did this, I just thought, and he presented it to me, I thought, man, the amount of time and effort he would have done to, put, to paint that you can like it or you cannot like it. That's not the point. The point is, is that this has come from a man's heart that was passionate about Christ and passionate about worship. And this is exactly what we want to produce in our church. We want to produce people that are passionate and on fire for Christ. Um, I said to the team this morning in our devotionals, you know, when we... When we come together as a unified team, it's not about, you know, how we sound. It's not about any of the, you know, the practical stuff. It's about our heart. It's about connecting with Christ. And all the other things in our vision for this year will just follow in God's time. Songwriting, going to studios, doing all of those sorts of things will happen. But they happen out of passion and commitment. With passion, momentum builds. Um, so, if you're passionate about Christ and you have or you feel you have a gifting in creative, I'd like to talk to you. If you're in creative and you'd like to increase the role that you have, I'd like to talk to you. Um, I, I wanted to pick up on something also this morning that Andrew had said about um, don't know Christians by our love. It's been an old hymn that used to go along those sorts of lines. Um, when you're involved in a ministry, whether it's creative or whatever ministry you're involved in through the church, um, Tash spoke this morning about a confidence that during worship she spoke and said that when she first started to worship, there wasn't that confidence to lead, but she leads, as you can see, amazingly. Whether you're in creative or whatever other ministry you're in in church, there's a confidence that you build. This confidence just doesn't rest here in this four walls in this church. You take it away with you week after week and you build. It makes you stronger. God builds on that in your life. It builds character. It, it, it sustains you. So whatever you're going to do in 2020, I really pray that you sow into a ministry in this church, that you really do put your effort and time into whatever it is you feel your giftings are because you'll, you'll reap the benefits. <laughs> It'll be amazing. Um, so um, 
again, with the creative, um, for this year we've got some exciting things that we want to obviously work on, but again, um, it's going to be all about our heart and our heartfelt worship. That's it for me. I won't take up any more of your time. Beautiful. Thank you, Dave. I hope you're hearing the heart coming through some of the leaders that are running these departments. Right now, we're going to hand it over to Marianne and Annalise. Talk about our kids, your wonderful kids upstairs and downstairs. Hi, church. How are we going this morning? I also have some more people coming on stage, some of our amazing kids leaders and one of our actual kids as well. Woo! <laughs> so this morning we're going to talk to you a little bit about kids' ministry. So we have two kids' ministries going on in this church. We have upstairs, which you probably hear some Sundays. I'm sorry about the noise. We like to praise pretty hard up there, so you might hear that on Sundays if you listen closely. And we also have our amazing downstairs program that's just actually started a re-up this year. So you should go take a look. It's really beautiful in there. We've kind of spruced it up and the bathrooms are beautiful and so is the kitchen. So go have a look if you have time after the service. But upstairs, basically what happens on Sunday is everything that happens downstairs. So we're implementing the word of God into your kids and we're worshiping upstairs like you guys are down here. But the best part about kids is that we're not leading the worship or anything like that. Your kids are actually on that stage leading kids in worship. And it's honestly so beautiful and amazing. And also, we are so thankful to all the parents of the kids in this room because your kids are so beautiful. We really don't have many problems with them. They've been raised in such a beautiful way. So just shout out to the parents for raising your children so beautifully. We are so grateful for them. Um, but yeah, we have a really amazing programs going on and we really do love your kids and we love sharing the word of God with them. But I'm actually going to get my beautiful leaders and one kid. They're going to tell us a little bit about kids ministry and what their favorite part is about being a leader and what being a kid is like. So Jules, kick us off. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, honestly, there's so much about kids ministry that I love. I just love being able to be part of something that's really the foundation for so many of these kids, like for their faith and their walk with God and just being able to be a part of that. And as Annalise mentioned, like we've been doing worship and just seeing like even just then we had like people like little Saya just up there like with her hands raised worshiping God and seeing that on a Sunday morning, it's truly just, it just really moves you to see how God is moving in like the lives of young people. And it's just like, it doesn't matter what age, like they can worship, they can give their whole heart to God and just really raising them up in that and Honestly, just while I'm up here, just honoring Annalise for all that she does for us too as a kids' ministry. And yeah, honestly, all of it, just being a part of the big vision and everything. And yeah. And what is your favorite part, Miss Lena? My favorite part of kids' church is the lessons that we were taught about Jesus and also the memory verses that we have to learn and repeat every week. And <laughs> um, I also like the, I also love uh, praise and worship and I love the games too. Yeah, um, I really enjoy doing kids. Um, I think some of the best parts um, is just having a team on Sunday. Um, they're amazing. They come on time. Um, and everyone, you know, who are so willing to jump in and help, um, it makes doing kids really great and really easy. Um, games is always a lot of fun. I enjoy doing games with kids. Um, I think they like it too. Yes. And um, I think probably my favorite part of, and out of everything um, would definitely be like story time. Um, I think that just the opportunity to share the Bible with kids. Um, we've been doing like Old Testament stories recently, 
Um, we started somewhere in Genesis, and we've sort of been just making our way um, through Judges, looking at some of the different Judges, up to Samuel now, I think, was the most recent one that I know of. Um, but yeah, just seeing some of those Old Testament lessons, um, some of those, the knowledge that's foundational, um, and seeing the kids, you know, get engaged with that, and um, starting to actually pick up some things, I hope. I hope so. And um, yeah, have actually learned some lessons they can apply to their life today as well. So that's really awesome. So I'm going to hand over to mum in a minute, but we have some announcements on what's happening in kids, the life of kids. So we have some banners that will come up on the screen, hopefully in a second. Maybe not. Hey, there we go. So we have slime making day on the 26th of April. What kid doesn't like slime? I'll make sure that I package it well when we send it home. I'm sorry to the parents. I really apologize, but it's going to be a fun time. And then our next one is we have bring your pet to church day. Yes. Yeah, so if you see dogs and cats and horses coming through, don't be alarmed. They'll be upstairs. But if you hear some barking, that's why. Um, we're going to have so much fun. And I'm going to hand it over to mom if you want to say anything. What a great job are these young people doing. Let's give them a hand. You know, one of the things I love the most about our church, I'm not going to stand in front of you because you're all beautiful. Um, the One of the great things I love about this church is we're a generational church. There is no generation in this church that doesn't have a substantial input. I just love the older women. I learn so much for them. But to see the generations teach the generations is such a biblical thing. The Word of God says... Um, one generation shall commend your good works to the next. And just to see that in live action, it's a powerful thing. And I'm so excited to see these kids commending the works of God to the next generation. You know, I grew up in church and sometimes the songs that I learned in kids' church as a little toddler will rise up in me at a time of trial, at a time of trouble. The lyrics of those songs, the scripture in the songs will just rise up in me. So never underestimate the power of bringing your kids to church, of raising them up in the way they should go. And the word of God says when they're old, they won't depart from it. Amen. And I think I've lived long enough to test that word and to see that word in action. I just turned 50, in case you don't realize, that day I got up on stage, it was all hush-hush. Um, but I'm celebrating the fact that I've seen the goodness of God. I've seen that when you bring your children to the house of God, when you teach them in the way they should go, when they are old, they won't depart from it. And that is the word and the promise of God to you and your family. So be encouraged from the littlest baby, Bring your kids to church. Have them in the house of God. Have them in this faith community. There are so many benefits to that. One that's come of late in our family is, I don't know how many of you know, but Anne Rayner is a wonderful cook. Who knows that she's a wonderful cook? Me, not so much. I have other good gifts, but not so much that gift. But she has taught my girls to teach good, cook good Southern American food. How good is that? There are so many benefits to this faith community and raising your children in a strong faith community. Um, I just wanted to highlight that we're starting a new parents area as well, out by the big screen um, with refreshments for young mums and just really want to build community, even amongst the littlest of babies up to the older children in primary. And let's give this team a hand again. I'm so proud of you guys. So excited to see what God is doing. Amen. Wow, bring your pet to church. Didn't know about that one. 
just visual, visualizing dogs and cats coming in the same room. Praise God. Canaries and cats. Anyway, bring your pet to church is going to be awesome. So next is our community vision. So I'm going to invite Mona and I think she's going to invite Hunter as well. Talk about our community. Get him a hand. Hey, church. Yeah, come on up, the beautiful Hannah. Hey, church, you know, just uh, in seeking God this year for what he's wanting um, for our care side of our church. And basically, God's just been saying to me, just be obedient to my word. Just keep going back and being obedient to my word. And I'm like, okay, God, but what do you want us to do this year? Just keep being obedient to my word. And, you know, it's, church, it's imperative that we understand that care is not just some side thing. Um, because we can read all through scripture that God instructs us um, to look after our community and those in need in our community. So it's not something that is a, an add-on. It is actually um, a part of what we do. It's, um, it actually characterizes our church-based city, amen, which I, um, I really love that. Um, about our church. Um, Matthew 25, which is where God took me, um, and in Matthew 25, it talks about, um, you know, when the Son of Man returns to the earth and he separates his people, like a shepherd separates his sheep from the goat, uh, his sh the sheep from the goats. And, uh, and Jesus turns to his left and he says, um, um, Depart from me, you who are cursed. For when I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. When I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat, and so on. It goes on. And uh, so, church, I don't know about you, but to me, that, that speaks volumes about, you know, what is thirst? Is a physical thirst? Yes. Is there a sp spiritual thirst? Absolutely. Um, those that are thirsting for living water. And, and you know, th those that are hungry are hungry for the food of the word and for hope. Amen. And all those things that as Christians we've been blessed with is salvation, redemption, restoration, healing. This is what the world is hungry for. Whether they know it or not, it's not the issue. But we know that, that, that they are and that's what they need. Amen. And so God is instructing us. This is, it's, it's, you know, it's not an option here. He's talking about those who neglected to do that on his left are cursed. And, and he tells them, depart from me. And so this is what God's leading me to this year um, in going back to the word and being obedient to the word. And, and we do have some plans for this year. But unless we put the word of God first, all of that stuff is irrelevant. Amen. Um, so I'm just going to hand it over to the lovely Hannah. And she's going to share a little bit about food care um, and what's happening there. And then I'll share a little bit about what's happening at the center. morning church um when mona asked me to speak this morning i thought well what am i going to talk about and of course you know it's about the vision of our food care so for those of you who don't know we have like this church has a uh, we run a community food care program it's like a small grocery store and we used to be situated at the back of our church um but then last year we had to move because we grew out of it and, um, and we're only just now, just around the corner. But you know, for the first probably four or five years that I was coming along to Bay City Church, I had no idea what the food care was about. And um, 
our last manager, Pastor Janine Harris, she used to get up here every week and talk, talk about Fukia this, Fukia that. And I had no idea until five years later, she knocks on my door and offers me the job. So, you know, we had the shop at the back of the church for all that time, and I had never been in there, and I had no idea what it was all about. So, and now I do. It's a grocery store, um, and it's amazing now that we've moved to Barton Street, just around the corner. And um, my vision, or what's on my heart for this year, really it's growth and um, numbers. So Pastor Andrew, he's said, and which is true, we've had thousands of people and community people come through our food care and shop and come and get help and other, and other things. And um, at the moment, we're probably um, feeding around about 100 families per week. Um, and my desire is just to see that grow so, um, and have more people coming to our food care program and using that service. And we're open two days a week now, so and um, twice in those two days as well. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. So that's the desire of my heart, and please keep that in your prayers, that a lot more people will use our service. And, of course, ultimately, we know what happens there. People come along to church, um, and um, there's salvation, and there's relationships built, and, and everything like that. But, you know, right at the base of it, people need food. And people need that type of help. People need a conversation, you know, and um, just a friendly smile um, and a helping hand in those, in those sorts of ways. So that is, that's what we can offer in our community food care program. And um, along with <coughs> more community coming into our food care program, also volunteers. We always need more volunteers. And not only um, on our off days where we're stacking the shelves and uh, doing that sort of thing, but also on the days when our community come in, you might think that you might be just sitting around or doing nothing, but not actually. There will be, you'll get opportunities to be able to talk to people and um, also just, you know, helping our dear little old ladies carrying their groceries back to their car, that sort of thing. You have no idea, um, you know, how that makes them feel. They're so grateful uh, for the help um, that they receive in those ways. So I'm doing a plug for, for that as well, a growth in our volunteer area with the community. So um, that'll be awesome. And that's our program. And the vision that I have for this year is growth. Amen. Hannah does an amazing job, and if you haven't seen our food care, guys, you need to get down there and check it out. It is amazing, amazing. Um, so when it comes to the community support centre, does everyone know that we have a community support centre down in Rockdale? Um, please, it, please, if you don't, um, be, be curious, inquire, because this is something that has been mandated to us by God and is mandated by us as as a as a as church as um, corporately, amen. Um, so as for us this year, um, we're actually we're doing a lot of things. We continue to work with domestic violence, etc. Um, but we're offering a training opportunity if anyone's interested in being trained in casework. 
um, please come and see me. We're offering like a six-month training opportunity. And so that's something that's done um, on the job training as well as theory training for casework. Um, awesome opportunity. And, you know, we've, we're seeing the amazing Anne and Jerry doing some casework, um, you know, um, as part of Bay City Care. And they're not necessarily working out of the centre, but it's something that is valuable to learn and that you can actually do um, as part of our church. Amen. Um, so for us, our goal in 2020 is to defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed, rescue the weak and the needy and deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Amen. That's Psalm 82, verse 3 and 4. Um, so that's what we're doing this year. And if you'd like to be a part of that, please come and see myself or Hannah and we would love to speak to you. Thanks, guys. Fantastic. And just to let you know, uh, last week we started another food care in Marimbula. They got a location, they're up and running, they had 47 pallets of food. They're actually involved in the emergency relief and the bushfires that affected Eden. Um, so they're up and running, so that'll be our 10th site. So collectively through our food care, it's well over 3,000 people that we serve every week through all our programs across New South Wales. Finally, I know we've gone a little bit over, but this is our Vision Sunday. There's only a few more moments. I've asked Rachel to come and just talk into a really important area that doesn't get a lot of focus and a few areas in the church, but is the front line to what I believe is the front door to our community as they come in the church. Hi, church. So um, trust me, I know we are over time. As uh, the manager of our services and teams, I am a stickler for the clock. If you sit over in this general direction, I promise I am not looking over at you during the service. I'm looking at the clock. <laughs> so I promise I won't take up too much of your time. Um, I did have a couple of things that I wanted to talk about this morning, but just to keep it brief. Um, essentially what I do, like I said, I manage our services and teams. Um, and what that looks like logistically is our ushers and our cafe and our welcome team and all of these little things that you don't think about that makes a Sunday service. Um, the purpose behind this, um, I mean, you're not just taking someone to a seat. You're not just making a coffee. Uh, you're creating a, a, a place of fellowship and a place of love. Yeah. They will know us by our love for one, for one another. You walk through that door and no one says hello. You come into a dark room and you just find the first seat that you see and there's no community there. It's just you sitting there and you're unsure. Um, you know, and that's why we have these things in place. But rather than talking about that, I want to talk about, you know, a lot of the theme that you've heard this morning is about what happens when you become part of the community, when you become a part of a team. You know, seven years ago, I sat in a chair right here <laughs> on the old salmon chairs, for those that remember, and I heard Janine, uh, who was a beautiful lady at this church, talk about serving and why it's important that we serve. And so, uh, me sitting in that chair, I went, hey, yeah, that's me. I, I have to serve. And so, I came up, uh, I, uh, I was a stage manager, which literally means I kind of help tidy the stage. Um, you know, I make sure that there's batteries in the microphone. It's, you know, just doing those, those little jobs that you don't really think about. I went from that as I sort of grew in my serving to helping out with productions, to helping out with other areas. I jumped on Cambodia. I had that passion for serving. I had that passion for church. A couple of years later, a position comes up on church staff. I'm just doing some administration. 
and then here we are five years after that <laughs> and I'm running what I'm running today. But it's not just what I'm, it's not about what I'm doing, it's the growth in me as a leader. And what I want to tell you guys is what can happen when you answer that seemingly small yes. What can happen when you go, hey, you know what, yeah, I've got some time, I'm going to do that. You know, it's, it, it, it's, there's nothing insignificant about what we do here. Whether you're in Usher, whether you're on cafe, whether you're on the band, whether you're up the back on the back desk, it doesn't matter. Even if you're putting some flyers out on chairs, that yes is significant and God is going to use it. And he's going to use it mightily. You know, you look at community. That was something that came from Andrew's heart. He started up community food care and all the community initiatives that we do. He's now been placed in charge of community for our movement across our state. That was a yes. That was a yes that was answered and God has used it. And, you know, you look at Maddie, you know, 19 years old, took on youth. She's now running Youth Alive Academy for the state. You know, and I'm going to brag on these guys for a moment. I know they're our leaders, but when you say yes, God can do mighty things things. And so it may seem small, it may seem insignificant, but I want to encourage you, church, if you have heard anything today that has resonated with you, if, 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 any, if, if there is a pull on your heart right now, like I had seven years ago, that says, yeah, you know what, I want to jump on a team. The beauty of it was not just the growth in me, but the fact that I got to get to know other people who I probably would never have spoken to in the church. I got to have a wider community of people that I never would have actually approached on my own. So church, if you do, I just want to actually first off, um, you my brothers and sisters, Galatians 5.13, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. And 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. When I started doing stage managing, that wasn't my gifting, that wasn't my calling, but it has brought me to it. And so use these areas of serving to grow. And that's what we want to see this year for you, church. We want to grow you. We're doing things like the leadership program. Pastor Andrew has such a heart to see you guys grow in all that God's called you to be. So up the back um, after the service, everyone who's spoken today will be up there if you want to go and have a chat we also have these little forms. Um, if you are interested in signing up, you can fill in one of these or you can come and see one of the leaders that you've heard from today. Um, but we're passionate about you. It's not about your serving. It's about you. It's not about us getting people into teams. It's about you. And I want to encourage you, church, um, 2020, sign up and just be a part of what God's doing. Thank you. Wow, what a power pack. Why don't we stand to our feet? Isn't she great? And uh, just for a moment, we're going we're gonna, to, normally we have praise and we have worship, we've obviously gone a little bit over, this is a vision Sunday, and uh, it is, you know, can I just finish with that, what a great exhortation, Rach, Jesus touched down on this earth to serve, he says I haven't come to be served, but I've come to serve, so that's how heaven sends its best, Maybe that should be the heart and the spirit of us as well. Amen? If we want to replicate what heaven and how heaven does. So I, we encourage you just to, to allow God to speak into your life in those areas. And we just pray that uh, you are part of this community and, uh, and allow yourselves to be involved in that. But let me just pray before we leave this place. We thank you. God, we just thank you that this is your design. 
We thank you that your church, as we know it today, was birthed at the resurrection, God. The church, God, you are the head of it. You placed yourself as the head of it. God, you called it your bride, the most intimate relationship. And God, we just thank you for it. We thank you for the power of this community of faith. We thank you, Father God, that it grows us, it grows our kids, our youth, all of us together, God. It's part of your purpose to release what you want to do in our lives as we spread your word, spread your message of the gospel, as we, God, tell this world that we're your disciples by the love we have for each other and the way we serve each other. God, I just pray for everyone who's a part of this church and those many that aren't here today, God, that you would just draw them in to this community, that we would see strengthening this community of faith in this area as a priority in our lives and as a priority that you have to see your gospel and your message spread abroad in this whole community. God, we thank you for everyone here. I pray that you would just keep them safe and be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Beautiful. Coffee is that way. God bless. Have a great rest of your Sunday. It's a quiet end without praise, but let the chat up begin. God bless your church. That can make your next chapter your best chapter. Hallelujah.
Praise it, don't it? Hey. That's how it's supposed to be. Let me tell you what it means. I really mean it this time. I don't wanna love nobody but you. Jesus. I don't wanna love nobody but you. <laughs>